Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's take a walk. Welcome to Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. True Crime, a genre that both disgusts and titillates its audience. On this walk, we'll snoop into the reasons why murder shows have become such a worldwide phenomenon. Are we simply enthralled by the mystery or trying to learn ways to keep our loved ones safe? We'll review the background on some of our favorite cases and work through the puzzle of true crime from the bizarre act of catfishing to the menacing world of murder. Step right up, because here we go. Today's podcast will focus on different aspects of crime and violence. We mean no disrespect to or exploitation of any of the victims or their families mentioned, and this podcast is purely for discussion and information. If this topic feels like it might be hard to listen to, then please click out and we'll see you again on our next show. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening, wherever you are in the world. I gotta tell you, Lori, I am a little kind of nervous about talking about this subject because true crime is not something I'm familiar with. I don't really know it or understand it. And it's not a genre I really enjoy. I don't understand the fascination. I know, I remember when we were younger, you were into Helter Skelter. Couldn't when you say it like that, okay. it sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds like you were one of the women in Helter Skelter. No, 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 no. But I just remember it was something that you were interested in. And I didn't really understand why. Well, at that time I was working with someone and for some reason we got to talking about books and he'd asked if I'd ever read it. And oh. I hadn't, I'd obviously heard of it, hadn't, had not read the book, had not seen the movie. Again, this is back in the day. It was very hard to come by. Finally, he lent me the book and I read it. It was from the district attorneys. It was from the prosecutor's point of view. And it was just amazing how he got into the details of not so much as what happened, but what happened after. More the prosecuting of the case, how they the, built the case against the them? evidence, the evidence, okay, the evidence building of the case, what they were like, the perpetrators what they were actually like when they found them and okay. you know what they were saying and doing and just getting into their minds at that point as well. Not trying to glorify them in any sort of way or okay. humanize them either, but just a deep delve into like what caused this to happen. I think that's probably where I have the issue is how is this genre not glorifying the perpetrators in some way, shape or form. And so, and I have to say, I'll add in, I have since seen the movie and I have since seen a documentary, a true crime on <laughs> the Helter Skelter. So, it, because again, it was just, it's so prevalent. It's everywhere. And it's not just that case. I'm really kind of trying to think, did this come about because of the Truman Capote book, which I still haven't read. And I haven't either, really actually want to. And don't really know about the case or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I just, I remember being younger and true crime was a literary genre that at the time, and this is only my opinion, at the time didn't feel that it was that well respected. And it is now just, as far as I can tell, exploded. Yes. And, but I don't know that it's more respected now either. I think now it is for some mm -hmm. entertainment, which I think is the wrong way to think about it. And we'll get into 
right. what I like to watch and why. But I do think some people do let it become a, oh, okay, I'll just watch this. It's a TV show. Forgetting that there were victims involved right. who still ha- may have family out there to this day grieving. And yeah. they may not be okay with this being right. out there. And I think you're right about the the entertainment aspect of it. It was a little, we figured out when I kind of discovered, wow, this hit kind of a popularity level. Mm-hmm. When you showed me that SNL murder show skit. With Nick Jonas when he, and, was, when he was on. You know, funny, but at the same time, again, I was like, where is the fine line that we are crossing here between what is entertainment? And again, something that is possibly exploited of the victims in right. this case. And you know, that is, it's not it a is joke. A fine line. Exactly. So we're going to delve a lot into this today. But this is a time, Lori, I think for us to get into our rapid fire questions. And this is going to okay. be for you only. Right. <laughs> since this is not my area. Yes. Due to the sensitive nature of today's episodes, our rapid fire questions might be a little less rapid. This is to ensure we make our point entirely and there are no misunderstandings. Absolutely. Want to be respectful and not come across as, as you said, using this as an entertainment platform purely right. for information. So Lori, when did you start following true crime? I think we kind of covered that already, but that was when I, I started to seek it out, I guess you would say. The first thing I can remember is the movie. It was a, it was a two-part miniseries, I guess. And it was called, I Know My First Name is Steven. And it was starring... Corky Nemec, who did like Parker Lewis Can't Lose and those kind of things. Okay. He, was a, he was like mm-hmm. a Latin idol at the time. And there's no reason I should have been watching this movie. I don't know what my parents were thinking. I don't know if I snuck watching it in. I don't know if they knew I was watching it, mm-hmm. but I did not know what I was in for. I cried. I was just sitting there going, oh, he's so cute. You know, not really taking in the whole thing until I started to realize what it was, you know, and that story stuck with me. So you started watching that, I guess that was in prime time. Yes. yes. When you were that. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. where and how do you watch or listen to true crime shows now? Nowadays, I prefer videos, YouTube videos, actually, or a documentary, maybe on Netflix, Hulu, wherever it's going to be. I don't actually listen to podcasts that are about true crime. I'm not sure why. Sometimes I think I just need a little bit of visual to go along with it to humanize it more maybe a picture of the victim. Not so much. I want to see crime scene photos, although I do find interesting, but again, to remind myself that this is a real person. It's not a story. It's not a tale that I'm listening to. So you've already talked a little bit about what draws your interest into these stories. The The story of the, the humans, how did they get there? What was mm-hmm. their life like? That kind of thing. But what else is it about those true crime stories that draws your interest? The backstories right away, just reel me in. Usually the ones I tend to listen to most have the backstory of both the victim and the criminal. Mm-hmm. So I get to see it from both perspectives. The victim becomes a person and then the criminal, they get into their history. And so many of them are exactly the same. Abusive home, drinking problems in the home, split family. He was just a little bit different in school, abusing animals. So many things that these 
criminals have in common. And then there'll be this one that's just like, he was actually that great kid down the street that you hear about, you know, on the news sometimes. Right. I can't believe he did Mm -hmm. that. He was such a wonderful kid. Where did that come from? Honestly, I get into that. I want to know like, what was the turning point or can I figure out what the turning point was then for victim hearing about them? It almost gives me a chance to mourn them. Okay. You know, I hope that the family found closure. I hope that they were able to grieve. Right. Because you have told me in the past that you really only like to watch the ones where you know there was a conclusion, there was a conviction, there was a, yeah. there was justice. Correct. I don't like unsolved crisis. So is it only murder shows you watch for true crime? Are there types of crime shows you won't watch at all? Not necessarily. For example, I just finished the Manti Teo documentary, which I did too. Technically not a crime. I don't believe any charges were ever filed on any end, but it was about him being catfished by this person who was so unapologetic about it. So just, this is what I was going through and this is what I needed to do in my life. And he didn't care. I'm sorry. I don't know what pronouns he's using today. I don't remember from the show. I don't either. He's transitioning or something. So if I use the wrong pronouns, I apologize. But this person did not care at all what he was doing to this other young man's life, his career, his feelings, his emotions, his mental health. I personally think there should have been consequences for those actions, but there weren't. But to me, that's criminal in nature. So again, I was like drawn in. I can see where you're coming from on that one because I did watch that one. I I guess I did watch a true crime ish ish adjacent true crime adjacent. Yes. True crime adjacent. I like show and the same feeling, you know, I really did feel that the person was, was sorry, but not really. I, I think it was more of didn't really understand what they were doing. And the the real the gravity of the, the gravity exactly the gravity of the consequences of what yes. they were doing and who does that you break up with somebody but instead you said you're dead they yes. died I'm, <laughs> and that was I'm, I'm dead and then but wait darn I kind of missed this person that I was catfishing to begin with so hey buddy I'm still alive I'm sorry you feel for them sick in the head and this person obviously needed mental help. And he didn't get it. It just goes around back to so many of these people needed help. So Mm -hmm. many of these crimes probably could have been prevented. Very much so. And that brings up a good point about that. I I feel of the ones of the true crime shows that I have watched, one of a man who killed his family was like just devastating. Mm -hmm. I thought, no, this is, is, is that even a mental health issue? No. But again, I think you're right. I think a lot of these with good mental health facilities available with us treating mental health different in this country, we, a lot of these might not have happened. Right. And I want to say again, don't think we are feeling sorry for these criminals. We are not. We're just saying if intervention had been around a little earlier, maybe they could have been prevented. But there are some shows or things that I do not watch. I don't watch anything that is solely focused on crimes against children. I can't, my heart can't take that. For example, the Susan Smith from South Carolina, I think in the late eighties, maybe Mm -hmm. early nineties, I can't watch something like that. 
or if it's just a serial child killer. I just won't watch anything perpetrated against specifically children. Sometimes there'll be a case where, as you said, that one where the family was murdered, yes, there was a child or two involved. It's heartbreaking, but that doesn't say that, well, I won't watch that one. But if it's solely like we're going to get a bunch of horrible, tragic stories of children, I tend to steer away from that. So where do you think or when do you think, since you've been watching this or been interested in this genre for a while, when do you think it really exploded onto the scene? I have my theory that the Scott Peterson, Lacey Peterson case was pretty much the big one to hit after OJ. OJ was mostly TV. We were watching the white Bronco, I think it was on the highway Mm -hmm. and we were getting the news. However, that was still pretty much before the big internet explosion. Whereas Scott Peterson, it was news from California any time of the day. You didn't have to watch it on television. You could just go to your computer and be like, oh, there's a story on people.com or Mm -hmm. I can look at the Fresno news from my home and not wait for it to come on TV. It was instantly accessible. It was accessible from anywhere. And it was one of probably the first cases that was just put out there to everyone. Her picture was not only just put up around her hometown or surrounding areas. It was everywhere. I really think that the internet has just made it explode because of the information that was available so quickly and in such a great amount. That sounds about right. Because one of the things that I did see the other day is I, I was just watching a documentary, which is, you know, true crime adjacent. (laughs) It was true crime ish about the DB Cooper story, which was the guy who hijacked a plane. I didn't even know he had hijacked a plane. I thought he had stolen the money from a bank and then got on the plane and then jumped out of the plane. But he actually hijacked a plane and got everybody off the plane and they gave him his money and then he jumped out of the plane in flight somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Never been found. Mm -hmm. They found little bits here and there, but this documentary wasn't actually about that crime. It was about the people who have created this entire organization, this community around that story, around that true crime and trying to solve it and trying to find new evidence and how it's evolved over time. And I don't think that would have been as possible without the internet Mm -hmm. being available. I know people had been working on it independently since the 70s, but I think you're right. I think the advent of the internet on this one is what is driving these true crime pieces. And I'm kind of curious also as to what the, you had said a lot about learning the background of the people Mm -hmm. that were involved. You know, why did they do what they did? And I think that might be the other part of why true crime is so popular. It's a puzzle. We like to solve puzzles. We do. We don't like it when those puzzles are unsolved. We don't like it when there's no justice and things of that nature. So I think that's another draw of this. For some people, it's can I help, Mm -hmm. right? It's an unsolved mystery. That's why the show Unsolved Mystery was so popular for so long. I mean, I never watched that one. (laughs) One of the true crime babies, (laughs) you know, at the birth of true crime. And I think it was that we want to help. Can we help bring some comfort to these grieving families? I think that is one of the areas that might have been involved in it. Mm -hmm. 
But you said one of your other drivers, you know, you prefer to watch the video of true crime. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast or even one of the video podcasts um, of a true crime. All of the ones that I've seen, the very few, have been through my streaming services. So what else about the video side of it kind of do you think draws you in or draws other people in? It's a good question. So what I really like is to watch things play out. I want to see, for example, the way they can tell how the crime happened, where the crime happened by blood splatter on the wall that's already been wiped off, but they can go back and find it with luminol. And they have pictures of that. And they can say, well, this person was standing right here. And the shot came from this direction here. I find that fascinating. All the forensic evidence that they have, the stakeouts that they go on, the DNA. Oh my gosh, the DNA. So many crimes. I read one just today, 34 years. Now the criminal's dead. So unfortunately, He's not going to be punished. He died in a fiery car crash though. So, hey, justice there. But this woman's family now has closure. They were able to, after 34 years, use a little drop of blood to get his DNA and match him to someone who's alive today. So it's amazing. And I like seeing that. I like someone showing me that, you know, the DNA chart where it comes together. I like seeing if they found a footprint, you know, how tiny that footprint is. It's a partial print and yet they can decipher what shoe it was and what size it was. I'm just a more visual person. Again, I don't want to see like the actual person. I don't want to see the gruesome details. I want to see though the photos that help them put the pieces together. That makes sense. I mean, if you I were just more find interested. that so fascinating. If like you're you said, more interested the in the human side mm-hmm. and right, you're solving the puzzle. How does it get together mm-hmm. to give these grieving families some kind of closure to what they were dealing with? Makes sense. Lori, I remember a while back when we had started talking about this true crime episode Mm -hmm. and what we really wanted to kind of cover in the section. And I was getting at why do people like these, right? Right. Why is this phenomenon? Because I don't. I don't Mm -hmm. understand why people would want to immerse themselves. And I guess it's only because I've been focused on the murder true crime shows and not some of the others like D.B. Cooper, the Elizabeth Holmes case. Uh, with the new series, that dropout series on Hulu, which, yeah, I'll put it out there in the universe. I do hope she goes to jail. I have not watched that yet. But I'm really kind of curious as to, I just remember a quote that you had said about why you think people might be interested in these types of shows. Right. It was actually, We're not the only ones thinking about it, right? <laughs> We're not right. the only ones who are going, why do people like these so much? Right. And we both, I think, pulled a little bit from this, from this person's quote and mm-hmm. have said it here and there throughout what we've just already talked about. I did Google that because I was interested too. What I knew it wasn't just me. There wouldn't be a SNL sketch about it if it was just me. There's truth behind that stereotype enough to make a parody. But it is a quote that comes from Jennifer Schmidt-Peterson, no relation to that Scott Peterson that we mentioned earlier, but she is on faculty at University of Law in London. She has a BSc combined honors in psychology with criminology and then specialized by completing two master's degrees, one in forensic psychology and two in investigative psychology. 
So if you don't want to take our word for it, you can listen to this lady because she's got the credentials. She's got the knowledge. And she wrote in an article, true crime dramas give us an insight into our culture and norms, as well as our anxieties and values. By watching true crime dramas, we unlock our natural desire to solve puzzles and mysteries and get us to speculate as to why criminals may act the way they do. These programs also allow us to examine the darker side of humanity from a safe distance. And they bring in another crucial element, our natural desire for justice. People get emotionally invested and want to see those who have done wrong get caught and punished. Seeing this play out on screen could be hugely satisfying for viewers. It's true. I agree a thousand percent. A thousand percent. They solve the cases. I am there cheering. That makes sense. I would agree with that. I will say that the one murder show that I did watch about the man, his family, um, yeah, it was deeply satisfying to know that he Mm -hmm. was convicted and so on. You know, that justice was served. Yes. I would assume a a serotonin release from that. Absolutely. That would be why it's part of why people continue to go back to it and why you would avoid ones that don't have an outcome. Yes, I do. That are the unsolved mysteries. But I can see why people go to the unsolved mysteries because I go back to what I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. They want to help get to a resolution. Right. I think it's not just for the victims, but it's a little bit for them too. You know, you sleep easier at night knowing that, that justice is done. Yes. Makes sense. Definitely. So what of these shows do you continue to catch up on to watch if there are other versions about them out there? Oh my gosh. Are there, there any new there are, ones that have come out that you latched onto? There are a few cases that I will not give up. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how many shows, different shows I see about them. I will watch them all. I will rewatch them. I just, for some reason, don't let go of them. They're, I don't want to say favorite and glorify them, but they're just so interesting to me that I go back and just want to absorb more. The first one is Chris Watts. And so he is, I think he's the one that you mentioned earlier. He murdered his pregnant wife and then his two young daughters because he was having an affair and he did not want to stay in the marriage. Drove them out to an oil field. Oh yeah, that is the one I watched. Okay. So that one. I have a feeling that was the one that you recommended to me. (laughs) At least it has been. (laughs) I'm probably sure it was. That would have been the only way I would have It might have been. And so many versions with so many different viewpoints from her family, from her friends, from the lady who took his polygraph test. He gave an interview. He had scratches on his neck. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was not a lot of hard work in figuring out who, who the perpetrator was. And he gave himself up pretty easy once they're like, we know you did it. Mm -hmm. But I think just the enormity of that story and the way it hit a little close to home, you Mm -hmm. know, I hate that I do watch that one whenever a new one comes out because there are kids involved and you know, that's not something that I prefer, but I'm just so fascinated with how that father could turn into that Mm -hmm. that monster that he did. And I think that was one thing in the intro too, where we were saying that some people watch these or one of my friends, and that's why it was in the intro, said to me, she's watched one or two of them because she wants to understand what can she do to be safer. Mm-hmm. She won't run anymore with her headphones on high. Mm-hmm. If she can't hear anything around her, that's not safe. You know, so she's learning things about why, what she will and will not allow, you know, what can, she does to say, you know, stay I can safer. honestly say I will never be taken while jogging for one reason only. <laughs> I don't jog. 
If you find me with running shoes in the bushes one day, just know that that is not where the crime took place. Yeah, not even close. Uh, that was all evidence that was planted to throw you off the trail. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> well, the next so, one is actually the one that I told you was the movie that I watched, the original movie, Steven Stainer. I know my first name is Steven. This one confounds me. There's so many elements to it. So Steven, when he was seven, I don't know if he was going to school or coming home from school on the sidewalk, not a long distance, was kidnapped. I thought you don't like stories with children. Again, most of the story is later on. Oh, okay. And it was also the case that kind of brought me in the world because it was the movie that I watched. But he was kidnapped at seven. He was held for seven years being sexually abused by disgusting piece of shit who let's not even talk about the justice system with that one because yeah anyway that man then brought another little boy home seven years later (laughs) and at 14 he said no i'm not gonna let this happen to you he brought him to a police station to save the other little boy and that's when they found out he was also a kidnapped victim of this person so at 14 he was found and reunited with his family nice okay they make this movie and you think oh wow yes you know oh my gosh a good ending He died when he was 24 in a motorcycle accident, leaving his wife and two young kids. Okay. I'm not done. That's super sad. No, wait, I'm going to go with that. Super sad, but at least he didn't commit suicide. Oh, no. You know, he, he had a family. He was able to move on. I'm going to take that part. Now to the more sad again. Now to the where it gets crazy. Imagine being the brother of this boy. Yes. Now, all of this is what he has said. The brother, Carrie Stainer. This is all what he has said. So take it for the fact that it came from a criminal. Said he was abused by an uncle when he was younger, sexually abused. Then his brother's kidnapped. The father doesn't believe in counseling or therapy or getting any help. Then he discovers he has, I believe, trichotillomania, which is a type of an OCD compulsion. Mm-hmm. Then he is ignored while his parents focus on the search. Then his brother comes back and his parents are focused on the brother coming back. Again, this child's no one in this family is getting any mental help. Mm-hmm. Then again, he's abused in a different right. way, the brother. Yes. Then his brother dies. And lo and behold, this man becomes the Yosemite killer. He never had a chance. It was almost like it was gonna happen, especially with a father who, again, this is from what I've read, researched, heard, he had abuse. He had mental health problems. He asked for help. His brother was kidnapped. His brother was returned. No one would help him. No one helped Stephen either. God rest his soul. And then he went out. And, and so Yosemite killed a mother, teenage daughter, and a friend. And then a woman who was, I believe, a volunteer nature person in the Yosemite National Park. Mm-hmm. That's a twist. It's a twist. It's still very difficult for me to have any sort of compassion. Here's the thing, though. Until he made that decision to be the criminal, mm-hmm. I have compassion for him. Yes. Absolutely. That, no one deserved what happened to his brother. No. no one deserved what happened to him. The minute he made a decision that I'm going to commit crime, hell no. He deserves to burn in hell. That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. But again, up until that point, I'm just like, the poor kid did not have chance. Then he became a man and did what he did. Then the, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Jail, death penalty, I believe he got. Mm. But again, just the whole whole unwinding of that tale there's just always something new that i discover there and again it's a little it's a little like coming home because that was the first show and 
when I watched it, I had no idea he died in a motorcycle accident. Later on, mm-hmm. I found that out. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. I believe it happened soon after the movie, if oh. not before the movie came out. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it happened right around the time. Yeah. And then later on, I'm like, wait a minute, Carrie Stainer, Carrie Stainer. What? I know this name. Where do I know this name? No, the cute guy from the movie. Cause I'm sorry. The actor who played him was cute. Mm-hmm. That's how I remembered it in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, it just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, I can see how it still has some interest for you, considering mm-hmm. the story continued and the bizarre twists. That in a bizarre and sad and sad way that sad. turned. Because especially, I mean, you lose your son once, you get him back, you lose him again to death, and then you lose your other son, brother. Well, brother, son, sorry. But mm-hmm. that family was just torn apart in so many ways. Yes. So many times. Yes. And then there's my favorite one of all. Well, I, this is one I have a problem with you liking as much as you do, because, I, and I know this is part of what you did on your vacation recently. I went That's to her house. Case. It's an unsolved case. I know, but it's not really, because we all know she did it. Give me a break. Okay. We what? all know she did it. She's so guilty. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. No, he only got 11. And the mom didn't get 40. Stepmom, and she did not get 40. Yes, she didn't get but 40. I, a stepmom, not a mom. And I, I went to that. her house. I, it is now a bed and breakfast. What? Of course I did it not is. stay there. That's not my thing. Ghosty, haunted-y things are not my thing. But yeah. I went there and I did the tour. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I don't care that she was acquitted. Mm-mm. No, she did it. She did it. The people who own it mm-hmm. have so much there. The news clippings and things from the house. It was, Mm -hmm. they got it as is. It's fascinating. (laughs) I know that's like so gory. I believe enough time has passed between this crime and today that it doesn't hit so close to home. It is more of like a story now, Mm -hmm. but I was enthralled the whole time I was looking around. So is it the the fascination that she wasn't convicted on this? So that it's, it's so blatantly obvious. Yes. But then how did they miss it? Is that what's the fascination? It was a hundred and four degrees and she's gonna climb up in her dress to like I don't know what's that upper layer of a barn called loft hayloft she's gonna climb up to a hayloft randomly in the middle of the day to eat four pears four in the middle of the day just to come back in to oh my gosh my dad's been hatcheted I don't know what that word is what no 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 first of all no one eats four pears and doesn't get sick mm-hmm. i have so many theories but she did it i don't care what anyone says i don't care that she was acquitted by a group that looks surprisingly like a jury today 12 old white men who couldn't mm-hmm. believe that a, a petite young woman could have done such a crime mm-hmm. and they gave her the news article uh framed as a gift and they all signed the back of it okay i did not I, know that, that i don't a little, know um... i don't know of juries who do that i don't know if oj's got his memorabilia signed by his jury hanging in his hallway i don't know but that is in the sitting room of her house the signed news clipping or photo i don't know if it's a photo from the newspaper or photo they took that they all signed it very wrong (laughs) exactly okay i'm hearing your enthusiasm about it at least i'm still trying to (laughs) to latch on to it it was gruesome don't get me wrong i'm not making light of that i just don't understand how that one got away. (laughs) How did she get away? 
So you mentioned that you like to watch some of the documentaries and definitely some of the series I know that you recommended to me were on various networks, but you watch some of the ones on YouTube as well, which I'll probably never get into, but some of our listeners might like some recommendations on other true crime shows. Right. I, so who do, I you- do love YouTube. They do this out of their homes. They just made a job out of this. Mm-hmm. And I say more power to them for the hustle. And they do their research. Let me tell you, they can have stories go from a 30 minute long video to a three hour video to a three parter. And they're always so respectful, so well researched. And I appreciate the depth and the energy that they put into it. I have three favorites that I want to shout out to anyone out there who is a true crime enthusiast, maybe is the word I'm going to use here. I don't know if that's correct, but Eleanor Neal, she is fantastic, especially her research that she puts into it. Brittany Vaughn, she does some very interesting stories. And she even gets into some cases of the urban legends, which again, they're unsolved, but she makes them interesting enough that I do love to listen to them. You know, they actually have expeditions, Bigfoot expeditions. Yes. In certain parts of the country. Yes. And then the one who actually got me into the YouTube channels was, I think she was the original murder mystery and makeup guru Bailey Sarian (laughs) seems weird to combine the two of those but okay it is but I think the fact that she's kind of like talking about it as she was doing her makeup just kept her busy Mm -hmm. kept her busy so she was telling the story giving the facts but she wasn't just sitting there talking as you and I are talking to each other she was Mm -hmm. keeping the other part of her mind busy okay but those have to be my top three for sure I listen to every time there's a new release I highly recommend them to everyone out there well well, your makeup's looking great. So the last <laughs> one is is giving you a twofer there. You're getting new. Brittany also does. Brittany also tips. does makeup. So shout oh, out to okay. Brittany. Well, maybe I'll look into them before we start into our releasing our video sections. With some makeup <laughs> tips and listen to some more true crime. I don't know if I can. I'll find you some soft cases. Easy to start off. With. I think I'll, I'll stick with the non-murder show cases. Um, There's some good ones. D.B. Cooper thieving and others mm-hmm. like that. I do actually. I, I will back up. I have seen two of the, I think they're called Untold on Netflix. Oh, I think that's what the Manti Teo was. Oh, yeah. It's one of the Untold. So. It, it's mm-hmm. either that or Hulu. But yeah, I've seen one or two of the other of those. Okay, I haven't seen well. the rest of them yet. So I remember when that story happened. I was just crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. You guys kept talking about the show. There was this kid, this college player who got catfished or whatever. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? I, I don't watch college football either. And of because course, I it should've... sounds like a made up story. Yeah. And I've got to say it was even for a team that one of my family members is a huge supporter of mm-hmm. and had no idea. Yeah. So obviously don't talk to that person enough. <laughs> Or I probably would have known what that was. I mean, I guess it was all over the news and didn't notice. Whoops. Well, now that we've like pulled all that together and (laughs) gone through that, that was a deep dive. I know probably a little uncomfortable for you. Very. I I apologize (laughs) for that, but. It's okay. I wanted an understanding of why this has become so popular. Right. I I hope I was able to answer your questions and I hope us together as a team were able to maybe put it out there as to 
people who are also wondering. Yeah, why I'm also curious to get some more feedback from our listeners. I would love as to, to hear. why they find these shows so popular. What is yes. it about them that is intriguing? And some recommendations from them as to you know people that they like as far as podcasters and YouTubers and right and some of those documentaries that are available as well. Definitely let us know. Changing pace a little bit, still in the spooky side. In our last episode, we crept around Halloween and we challenged ourselves to either step into or embrace the tricks or treats of the holiday. How did we do? Well, Dallas, I know you said you had a task for yourself. I did. It was for this year's Halloween extravaganza. And? Black cats. Okay. It's Sounds all black like it cats. Could be fun. I'm really excited about this one of the black cat chorus. It is working. It is a set of little black cats singing songs and telling jokes and doing all that stuff. That's so. awesome. And you? So I was challenging myself to buy one piece of Halloween decor or Halloween related. I sort of accomplished that. I ordered an autumnal looking bit of garland for my mantle. So the orangey leaves with the little pumpkins attached to them. So I mean, I could maybe draw little faces on the pumpkins and turn them into jack-o'-lanterns, but it's in the spirit A clicking of Halloween. Clicking here in the background is me clicking my nails on the desk going, mm-hmm. Come on! Somebody copped out on that one. You know what? Feedback from the listener group on this one. I think Lori tanked this one. There, she- there are pumpkins attached to it. I will post a picture. There Fine. are pumpkins attached. A pumpkin is the symbol of Halloween. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to agree. Okay. I'm just not. Not on this one. No. Nope. Yes. Have it your way. But you have to admit the one Halloween decoration that I do have rocks. Yeah. Okay. That one rocks. I will give you that. Yes. It yes. is the little doom buggy from Disney's Haunted Mansion. And it quotes all the little ghost quotes from the, the ride. From the ride. Disney yes. I, I agree. That one is awesome. And it sits out all year round. You can't bust me too hard. Because my, my Halloween decor is out all year round. <laughs> Well, so is mine. <laughs> one, my one piece. Yeah. So this week we decided not to set up a challenge for the true crime because this is not really something we wanted to put out there. We're going to take the opposite approach and challenge everyone out there to do an act of kindness for your fellow humans or animals. I love it. Let's make the world a better place. Let's get rid of a lot of this hate that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Again, you can be people with two differing opinions. As you have heard in this episode, Lori and I do not agree on true crime. We don't agree on most things when it comes down to it. We don't, but we are still the best of friends. You can still have conversations with people that don't immediately turn into these hugely heated, vicious arguments. It doesn't need to be. Let's work on listening. So this week, again, the challenge, do something nice. Be kind to your fellow humans and animals. I already know what I'm going to do. We are going to look at rescue pups tonight. Aw, save a pup. So I may have a new member of my family to introduce next week. I hope so. It'll be good. Now that we've discussed our ideas, are there any recommendations about today's topic that you'd like to share? Drop us a comment on Instagram or become a Patreon member for special perks and bonus content. Thanks for joining us on this week's Delve into True Crime. Join us next week as we take a trek into television. From current binges to forever favorites, 
to those that we still can't get over being canceled too soon. Firefly. Firefly. Yep. Looking at you, Fox. For a sneak peek of next week's walk into topic, click on the Instagram icon to follow us. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. For two redheads walking to a podcast. The Two Redheads podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. As with all our platforms and content, this podcast represents our own current personal views. These opinions do not represent those of any people, institutions, or organizations that we may discuss, mention, or recommend to our audience. At various times, we may provide reviews of products, services, or other resources. Any such reviews will represent the good faith opinions of the authors. You should conduct your own due diligence and should not rely solely upon any reviews provided by the authors. The products and services reviewed may be provided to the company for free or at a reduced price to incentivize a review. For more information about the disclosure of incentives received in exchange for providing reviews of these products, please contact support at tworedheadswalkintoapodcast.com. We are not licensed healthcare professionals, and our personal experiences addressed are what works for our bodies. None of what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please refer to your own physician for any medical needs and concerns.